Everybody, welcome to Stock Bites for Monday, July 27th. We have a great show for you today. We check in with Trey over in Dubai. We have a Robinhood recap for you, breaking down top the top five most added stocks from Robinhood last week. Uh, this week, that sets us up for Pfizer, AstraZeneca, Tesla, IBIO, and Microsoft. We get into a little bit of sports. We have a uh, a fish head update for you guys. As always, you can reach us at stockbitespodcast at gmail.com and on Twitter at, at stock underscore bites. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Rate and review. It's really cool to see the audience numbers grow. Uh, we're having a fun time doing this. So hope you all enjoy the show. Let's get to it. <laughs> Hey, handsome. Hello, hello. Nice beard, man. Did you grow that whole thing last week? I feel like you didn't have a beard for last week's pod. Yeah, I just, you know, took about 24 hours. That's pretty impressive, uh, man. I I know. I think I I I lost the stock bets. I think I might have to shave it all off except for like a uh, Jack Sparrow mustache, a little bit of twirl at the top, you know? Like Mr. Peanut gets you a monocle and a cane. Yeah, that would be a good Halloween. I could start now for a uh, pretty kick-ass Halloween. Does he have a mustache? I guess he has a mustache. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Let me do a quick Google search here. But for... Uh, I feel like he should. It'd be a good Colonel Mustard mustache, that'd be for sure. The first thing that pops up is Mr. Peanut is dead for some reason. Yeah, I think he was. Uh, I think he was accused of doing some pretty bad stuff, and they just had to off him. He, Mr. Pina, is dead at age 104 years old. Planners announces in a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> <laughs> and he did not have a mustache, but yeah, you're right. The whatever I'm thinking of, like the <laughs> you're doing, like the handlebar, a thing, little bit right? of twirl. Yeah, yeah. you know yeah, he's a- he's trying to pick up Keira Knightley on the island, Johnny Depp, and. Uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, picking up Elizabeth Swan. He does a little twirl before he starts flirting with her. Um, I think it's pretty funny, though. There's a guy, there was a guy who was coming into my cycling class, and he's got a mask on, as we all do. Um, and before we get started, we take our masks off, and the bikes are spread apart. And he's got this crazy mustache. I think it's a funny time to have weird facial hair because we're all wearing masks all the time. Um, and he said that that was the humor of it is that he gets to wear this secret mustache that nobody gets to know about. I thought that was pretty funny. Well, when you take off the mask, the mustache or the beard is going to be all out of shape. Um, not too bad. I mean, it's not like, it's not too bad. I mean, he didn't have like a crazy one or anything that needed to be like gelled or combed or anything like that. So before we, uh, before we go any farther here, We've had such great feedback on the fish head story from last week. And I have to ask you, has there been any more instances of being cooked in your house? Uh, Did I tell you about confronting him? No, please tell me. So I like, I I almost did the George Murphy thing where it's like you walk in, announce the room exactly how you're feeling at, at at a monotone, loud level of just like, this is annoying. Everybody needs to know that this is wrong. And uh, so I pretty much just was like, I had it. I was like, I'm done. I just washed my clothes. I just hanged my clothes in the living room. And it smelled like fish in the whole place. I was going to have to do my laundry again. 
and I, you know, knocked on the really nice Filipino guy's door. So it I is said, the Filipino guy. I'm pretty sure they were both pointing fingers at each other. I had them both. <laughs> I, had the, I had the Nigerian guy in the kitchen and the Filipino guy in his room, called him out of his room to uh, come into the kitchen. And I was like, I was like, both of you are cooking fish. He's like, no, it's this guy. He said, no, it's that guy. I said, I don't care who it is. I was like, open a freaking window and don't do it. I was like, don't do it. I was like, cause if we have people over for the weekend, it just smells like nastiness in this entire apartment. Um, but now it's gotten to the point that even if it doesn't smell, I come in worried about it. I like, I can psychologically smell it all the time, whether it's there or not anymore. I am like opening my door going, it's going to smell like ass. It's going to smell like ass. Um, but it's got, it's okay. We'll find out. We'll tune in for the next episode to find out, but it, we're in a, we're in a neutral territory right now. The threat has been made the shot across the bow, as they say. Um, and we'll see if they, if they want to go to war on it. They're really nice people. So it's hard to be grumpy. I'm not a very confrontational person to begin with. Um, so it was kind of tough, tough for me to do, but I'm tired of it smelling like that. So I had, man, I just forgot what I was going to say, but th- this is such a funny thing. And so I used to bartend with a guy named Simon. We, oh, you did too at third floor. I sure did. Do you, were you there when he came in smelling like salmon? No. Maybe you had already left by that point, but he cooked salmon one night in his house, a little tiny apartment. Oh, no. And showed up to work for the 10 p.m. shift that night, reeking of salmon. And from that day on, uh, Simon has forever been, you know, fourth hence is dubbed Salmon. Salmon. It's his like name it. now. Salmon, it works. Yeah, but I can't imagine doing fish head jambalaya stew it's something else it comes from it's a different discourse man it's a whole different world i guess they would look at i don't know what's the craziest like texas dish that we would eat that they would just look at and be like that's crazy why would you ever do that i don't know, like crawfish the, the no things that come to mind crawfish. are louisiana they're they're cajun you know right. alligator or, or crawfish but i'm sure they'd eat that too they probably eat that as an appetizer here so <laughs> as a pregame to whatever fish stew they're having. So. All right, man. Thank you for that update. Absolutely. Before, Anytime. Before we get into uh, the Robin hood recap here, I want to give you an update on the 19 stocks that we've talked about on this podcast. And these are again, just for those playing the home game, we talk about the top five stocks that were traded on Robin hood the previous week, the top five most added. And we will, you know, we'll, we'll kind of dive into the ones that we are unfamiliar with and we'll leave the Amazons and Apples of the world to, you know, the hundreds of analysts who are covering them. But of the 19 stocks that we've covered, only three uh, three of them are positive since we've talked about them. Those are Vaxart, which is went from 15 to 10 bucks a share last week, uh, down 33% on the week. But Vaxart, Workhorse, and Gap. So what is that? Quick math, 16 companies that we've spoken about are negative since they've appeared in the Robin Hood top five. And this goes- But it's not, yeah, oh, go ahead. You know, D-Lock, for example, now trading at 17 cents a share. One other one was trading at like 0.02. You have that, and then on the other end of the spectrum, you have the Apples and Amazons and Teslas and Netflix of the world. Netflix is flat, basically, since we talked about them, but- it's not a when when a stock that I hold shows up on the Robinhood top five position, 
you know, list, I'm, I'm starting to get a little worried about nervous. It. Yeah. yeah. And I was, not a- I was saying that it's it, it, the top five Robin hood, you know, added, you know, traded pretty much just goes, what are people chasing? With like the the average retail investor that has a Robinhood account is late to the party. Even those that are do day trading and do the research are still typically late to the party. Um, and so you're right. When it comes up on those top five on Robinhood, I don't go, all right, I picked a good one. It is, all right, my stocks have been manipulated. People are going to panic when it starts to sell off because Robinhood goes on to try to chase the next thing. Um, and it, it'll really affect with a, a beautiful, steady incline on a on a good strong stock yeah this week yeah there there is something to the strategy of just buying puts on everything that shows up in the top five anyway we'll we'll leave that for oh that's a dangerous fascinating way to look at it i mean but you'd be theoretically you'd be 16 for 19 yeah you'd be doing you'd be a hall of famer you'd be the best baseball player ever all right, let's get to it here. The top five most added stocks from last week on Robinhood. Pfizer came in number one. PFE is the ticker there. 77,000 users added. Tesla came in at number two. TSLA, almost 50,000. Oh, God, I can never pronounce this name. But AstraZeneca, AZN, 31,000. Uh, IBO, Innovative Bio, something like that. Uh, IBIO. IBIO. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then Microsoft bringing up the, uh, the rear there at number five. I think a couple of notable things. Intel was the number seven added stock last week and they released some pretty bad news. They're, they're basically getting lapped in in chip generation by AMD and they're going to have to completely rework how they create their product. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, and then, you know, Tesla, this is, I think, the second or third week there. But, Trey, did you play any of these? Man, I'm, you know, I just pulled up iBio as you talk about it. And uh, we're recording while the market is live Monday night here. Here in Dubai, it's Monday night, Monday afternoon in the United States, Central Time. Um, and iBio is getting the Robin Hood curse. It is currently down 15%. Um, so I pulled out of iBio uh, for a very small gain. I had quite a bit of money in it, about $2,000. Um, it went up, I held on to it and it went down a little bit. And then, uh, I sold it, I think for either a little bit of a gain or a little bit of a loss, but I'm really glad I did as I'm looking at the Robin hood curse and it's, uh, currently down 15% as, as most other medical stocks are, are up for the day. So, uh, that's a, it's a tough, it's a tough beating right there. Why was it so popular last week? They didn't have any specific company news, I don't think. All their press no. releases are from earlier, several weeks before. What what about it got people interested last week? I'm trying to remember. I read about so many of these dang things, and honestly, they all kind of sound the same. as like news is coming out, or um, you know, something is in a phase three trial with a lot of promising stuff. Um, and honestly, I couldn't tell you. I, uh, I It kept popping up on my feed. I thought I read the charts. What I'm doing is reading charts more than I am um, Mm -hmm. diving into the stocks. I look at the volume. I'm looking at the volume. Um, I, you know, if I can find it on a red day when it's down and I'm confident it's going to go back up, um, I'll jump in. I think that's what I did. I think I found this on a down day last week um, and thought I could 
thought I could write it back up. Um, yeah, just around the 16th of July, I found it. So somewhere around 326, it popped up uh, and I, I didn't have very much of it. It went up to five. Um, the highest it went was July 20th at 641. I think I held through that and I just watched it go back down and uh, sold around around five. So I think I had a little bit of profit, but yeah, it was one of those read the charts. It looked nice. It had a steady incline. Um, it had been down for the month and I uh, thought it was an opportunity to jump in after everyone had been hyping it, thinking that um, it would go back up. And as, as it looks, Robin Hood thought the same thing and they, uh, they showed up to the party late and, uh, and took some loss with it. The only thing that is coming to my mind is this is, another one of these ultra small tech bio you know or ultra small cap biotech firms they're they've never been never been profitable they've almost gone insolvent a couple of times uh, they have zero drugs that they've ever produced they've never successfully launched a drug before and they've released some pr they've partnered with Texas A&M University, they're testing a, uh, look, I'm not a scientist, but it's a plant-based COVID vaccine as opposed to the mRNA that we talked about with Moderna. And, and, so, and the trial that they're doing with Texas A&M is in pre, it's in the preclinical phase. They're, they've just released some good stuff. I guess a couple of weeks ago, it had good effects on the mice, the, their vaccine on the mice that they were tex, uh, testing it on. But, you know, a couple of things that worry me here, they've never, they have no track record of ever producing a successful drug. And if you look at a company like Pfizer, they just signed a deal with the United States government for 600 million doses of their COVID-19 vac uh, vaccine. For two, we talked about this last week, Trey. I, I remember asking, whoever makes this thing, is it going to be profitable for them? 600 million doses for $2 billion is $2 a dose. Now, Pfizer is one of the companies that has come out and said that they're just going to sell this thing at cost for as long as the pandemic is going on. Companies like Moderna and Merck have come out and said that they're not going to produce it at cost. They're going to produce it at a profit. So just as kind of a follow-up to what we were talking about last week, there are different companies are handling it differently. It looks like if you're one of the big established companies who has a well-funded lobbyist group, <laughs> you can afford to come in and be like, yeah, we'll give it to you at cost. And then, you know, next year when we have some other crazy drug, you know, slap an approval on there and we'll make up for it on the back end. But some of these smaller companies need the revenue. Uh, what else, man? Plant-based therapeutics, you know, at the beginning of the month, they were added to two indexes, Russell 2000 and Russell 3000. Um, you know, those are just kind of broad market indexes, but that is important. And, I, and this is maybe a way for us to transition into Tesla, which has just had their fourth uh, straight profitable quarter. And because of that, they're eligible for inclusion in the S&P 500. Yeah, that's pretty wild. What do you think about that? Um, you know, it's one of those stocks where I've always said, it's too late, I can't get in. It's too late, I can't get in. Uh, and it just continues to go up and up. Um, you know, Elon Musk tweeting about it, $700, it's too much. Um, hitting 1,000 is too much. Can't possibly go up from there. Um, and it just hasn't had a real bad day um, ever. I mean, there's a couple of down days, but not enough to cause panic. 
Um, it's one of those stocks that people are holding on to for forever um, as it continues to pay out. So as it continues to grow and it, you know, it's going to go into the, you said S&P 500, right? Yeah. And here's why yeah. it's a big deal. That opens up um, a whole new wave of buyers and there's a ton of money in, you know, the Vanguard S&P 500 index and the Invesco S&P 500 index ETF and index fund. There's billions and billions of dollars out there. And I, this is a really important catalyst. It's what if and when Tesla does get added, there's going to be a ton of buying happening as all these index funds have to reorganize and add them to their list. That's a positive catalyst. On the negative side, it means that there's no more, there's no more next buyer, if that makes any sense. And a big part of this is I believe I can buy Tesla because I think that I can sell it to you in a day or in 10 days or in a year for more than what I bought it for. Right. Well, <clears throat> you know, you've had venture capitalists, you've had hedge funds, excuse me. <clears throat> you know, you've had the retail trader, you've had early investors who are contrarian, you've had, uh, you know, sector specific ETFs and mutual funds get into this. Well, this, yeah, and, and you know, obviously pension funds and, and things like that can buy this as well. This opens up, I think, the last, the last untapped pool of cash for people to buy Tesla. That worries me. A couple of other uh, catalysts that I could see coming up. They are going to launch the semi next year ahead of Nikola. Uh, they news specific. They also confirmed that Austin is the next gigafactory Austin. site coming to Texas. It's very exciting. Cool. At the end of this year, they're going to be building three factories on three different continents simultaneously. And uh, on their profit here, they had gross margin the first quarter of 21%, beating analyst expectations. Their margin on their cars was, gross margin on the cars was 25.4%, beating expectations. That's super important. I know we talked about Neo. They had negative margins. So for every, the more cars that they sell, the more money they lose. You need to have gross, you know, their Tesla uh, is healthy, right? They can continue to grow and operate and scale their business. And it, you know, it's not going to negatively financially impact them. Uh, and then what else here? I got a quote here from Bank of America. While Tesla's second quarter 2020 results came in better than most expected, we believe this is more than reflected in a 300% run-up in Tesla stock year to date. And uh, end quote. Over the last 52 weeks, Tesla's up 519%. Wild. Got a question for Absolutely you here. Wild. Go ahead. Do you see any similarity between Tesla and Netflix? Um, yeah, I see a similarity from Tesla, Netflix, Amazon. It's, you know, it's a, it's a game changer. It's a cornerstone of their market. Um, Tesla's come out with the sexiest electric car out there. Um, Netflix changed the way that we watch TV at home. Amazon changed the way that we did, you know, receive and order packages and do our shopping. Um, so yeah, I see, I see a relation to those, to those as like just huge success. Um, and, and, and taking control of their corner of the market and succeeding. So absolutely, I do. Yeah, I agree. And they both had a lot of doubters. It took them a while to become profitable. But they were, like you said, they were both first movers in their industry. And they have a ton of people trying to catch them. Do you, what, what, what's your outlook for Netflix? Do you think that, you know, Peacock just launched, which is NBC's 
Nope, not a chance. Service. Netflix, Netflix will be around for forever and ever and ever, um, yeah, and will continue Netflix. to succeed. Too big to fail. Uh, no, but I watched Netflix drop, and I wanted to buy some calls, but it still costs an arm and a leg for how expensive Netflix is, um, as they're up nine bucks today. Um, it would have been a good so, call. Uh, yeah. What, what I was asking, do you, can you get Netflix in Dubai? Oh, absolutely. Um, and yeah, Netflix is different um, per country. So Japan has their own version of Netflix, which is full of um, animated shows. Um, Dubai has their own Netflix, which has got um, Middle Eastern and local shows added to it. Um, the UK has their own version. Um, the United States is renowned for having the best version. Um, so yeah, but yeah, Netflix is available. It's actually one of the only few unrestricted um, things. We cannot get Disney Plus. We cannot get um, Amazon Prime um, video watching, Amazon video movie, whatever it's called. It's how long ago it was since I've used it. Um, so yeah, Netflix has cornered the um, UAE market as far as um, at-home streaming services. Not that, this, not that this helps you, but I'm three for three on my last three shows that I've watched on Amazon Prime. Their content is coming up. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Hop, skip, in a, in a beat. Yes, on got, the next. I got one more that I want to touch on here. Well, I guess two. AstraZeneca and, and Pfizer. You have any, any thoughts to share on either of these two before I jump into this? No, keep rolling. So... Pfizer and this company called BioNTech inked a deal with the government for 600 million doses of the COVID-19 vaccine, right? $2 billion. Um, On that news, which was released on Wednesday, I believe, Pfizer went up 4% on the day. BioNT went up 10%. Pfizer is a, they've paid a dividend for 81 consecutive years. They've been around since like 1887. Um, it is so Pfizer and AstraZeneca. I'll lump, the, lump both of these companies in together. It's it's good to see, and I've talked about this in a couple of previous episodes. But it's good to see more quality companies being added up here. Um, you know, Pfizer is a legit company, and they make billions and billions of dollars. And you know, I won't get into all of it with you, but this is a good company to buy. There, that's my take. Buy Pfizer. Even even when it's even when it's up, or do you think there's going to be a drop and it'll be a good time to buy, or do you think like today, right now, worth investing in? Yeah, today, right now, whatever the price is, and maybe I'll. So, for those of us who don't understand, one of the ways that you can manage the risk and still have access to some of the COVID nineteen hype and the and just the biotech sector in general, you know, look at an ETF like IBB, which is what I own. Instead of going out and buying all these companies and guessing, playing COVID-19 vaccine roulette, just get access to the whole sector. And if you look at IBB, it's up, I don't know, 25% over the last year. It's pretty damn good. I think it had like Great 15%, 18% over the last 10 years. Absolutely. So diversify your risk. You get access. It pays a little bit of a dividend. You get access to bigger, more established companies. But Pfizer, AstraZeneca, they also pay a nice dividend. They have billions and billions of dollars of revenue. They're in China, uh, which is their one of their biggest markets, which is pretty cool. That'd be a, an interesting take on the uh, on the biotech play. But 
I think the it's kind of leads us. Did you see that the Miami Marlins uh, New York Yankees game got canceled? I did not. DraftKings down ten percent today. I was wondering why DraftKings was down, getting beat up, and I guess that's because uh, of COVID. Yeah, hang on, man. Let me go uh, check on my dogs. So why am I why am I losing money on my uh, five hundred dollars worth of DraftKings calls? Because the Miami Marlins all got COVID. Did they really? Yeah. And this stock, for whatever reason, like an MLP company is tied to the price of oil. Uh, DraftKings. Yeah, is, duh. You could, the stock's going to go up if, if there's positive sentiment about whether or not sports are going to come back, and it's going to go down if there's not. Absolutely. And yeah. Uh, there's... Baseball has totally mismanaged their their launch. It was all rushed, and now their teams are getting sick. And you know the good news is you got basketball starting Thursday. LeBron versus Kawhi. Nice. You're going to be able to watch that over there. But. Uh, Lou Williams also not going to be playing because he got caught at a strip club outside he's the bubble. Getting wings. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, getting chicken wings. So good times with that. Allegedly. Lakers in four. The state of Massachusetts, uh, Massachusetts just tacked on a sports betting proposal to an economic development bill that would make Massachusetts the first untethered sports gambling state, meaning that DraftKings and FanDuel wouldn't have to have any casinos pick them up in order to get in, right? And, okay. and all the other states, you got to partner with MGM or whoever, whatever Indian casino is there and, and have at least one sports book, I think. That's big news. And DraftKings should be up on that but the just the overwhelming sentiment of hey look the baseball season might be canceled there's gonna be if less nothing, revenue yeah if there's nothing to bet on then there's uh less revenue to be made or at least yeah. by the by the first glance since it's so sports booked heavy um that yeah there's a there's i mean i'm nervous about it i'm definitely gonna be losing uh losing a bit on the calls that i have but that's okay gotta let it go let's get to a couple segments here Bite bet of the week recap. Last week, Trey took BYND, Beyond Meat. Ugh. Beyond was down 2.48% over the last five trading days, and that was as of 10 o'clock this morning. I took LZAGY. I don't even remember the name of this damn company. They're the a Swedish. Swedish drug distributor. Uh, Lanza, Lanza Limited. And I, look, they had a great week. They're up 3.98% over the last five trading days uh, as of 10 a.m. this morning, making it three to one. It's starting to get unfair. When does the mercy rule have to come into our bite bet of the week? Never. Do you have a sweet tweet of the week for us? Yeah, I got one. Uh, well, did you want to pick a new stock for the week while we're talking about oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. You threw me off there with your buttheartedness. Why would I yield? I'm never going to yield. When we played, when we played basketball to 21, you kept kicking my butt. I, you would get mad when I yielded. Why are you asking me now if I want to yield? Yeah, I'm, I'm just not saying, you know, If this gets if this gets ugly, at what point are we allowed to it's call? It's three to it? one. Wait, it's three to one. What are you talking about? Saying, Basically, know. there are all kinds of teams have come back in a seven game series from three to one. Just saying, the next couple town. of next couple of weeks are important here. Choose your uh, choose your positions sure. wisely. Do you want to go first? Next, or, these next or couple of like weeks very important. You go first, Cinderella. Your pick. Uh, 
Well, I think I might uh, piss you off with this, but I'm going to take Planet 13 Holdings, P-L-N-H-F. You're welcome to, by all means. Yeah, they have been on fire the last month. Uh, I don't have- How did you find out about that stock, George? Well, uh, somebody told me about it. Oh, yeah? Was it the same yeah. guy that uh, you've been complaining about telling you about Boxel that told you about uh, Planet 13? Yes, I'm glad you brought up Boxel. Uh, I wanted to tell you that I've reached the acceptance stage of my bag holding. You're down twenty. You're down twenty cents. You'll be okay. I'm down twenty five percent. Oh, it's a little more than twenty cents. Well, how much are you up? How much are you up currently with Planet Thirteen? Do you have that in front of you? Yeah, let me let me uh, let me check here. But I was listening to our podcast last week and going, you know, maybe this. It's not such a bad company, and their kids are going to have to work for you know go to school from home. And uh, I'm up forty one percent on no, I'm up sixty one percent on Planet Fitness, Planet Thirteen. This is a really cool stock, man. Do you want to tell people about it? Uh, you go ahead. You've on, you're on it. You're you're driving it. I would actually I'd actually like to hear. I you know tell me about it. So here, here's why I invested. I, I'll admit I haven't looked at any updated earnings. But they are basically creating like the Dave and Busters of weed in Las Vegas. And they're a block off the strip. They have this massive, you know, Costco type warehouse. And it's a totally interactive weed buying experience. You know, you have one section for uh, buds and nugs. You have another section for edibles. You have a cafe in the back. I mean, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's an experience. Which is really cool. And... They're the only one on the strip. They are about to build another one of these things right next to Disney World in California, which is going to be awesome. And then what, what sold me on the company, uh, you know, they're, every day their number of users, I don't remember the exact number of people who are actually going into the store, but they, they're tracking how many people come in, how much money are they spending? And it got up to like 9,000 people a day and they're all spending 100 bucks per, you know, on average per customer. That's a lot of money. COVID happens, they have to shut down and they figured out a way to be profitable. And they were doing 50,000, was it 50? Yeah, so it was $100,000 in revenue per day on, or excuse me, per month on weed deliveries in Vegas with a 50% profit margin. So even though everything was shut down and there's no visitors coming, they're still figured out a way to be, to be profitable and, and expand their business. So I really like what they're doing, and and obviously the stock has performed well since uh, since my best friend told me about it. Oh, that's who told you about it. Good, good. I'm glad to get credit on both sides of the uh, both sides of the struggle there. I am sorry you're down 25 percent on Boxel. Hopefully that comes back around. Just hold hold that back, baby. It'll it'll yeah. don't yeah, let it get just, too heavy. Just just so we don't mislead anybody out there. I was thinking it was a good investment. I was I was talking to myself last week, and then. I said last in last week's show, they lose money with like they've almost got insolvent. The more shit that they sell, the more money they lose. It's it's not a good situation. It's not something I feel very confident in long term. All right, you're up. Man, good question. I, I challenged you to uh to find it. Um I don't know. I'm thinking about going with my baby. But my baby's already up. I, it counts. It counts since it's it's already Monday and the market's open. I'm st- we get we start it from the beginning of the week, from opening bell on Monday. I'm going my baby, my baby, my baby, Billy Billy, B I L I. It is a uh, 
It is the Chinese YouTube. And not only is it the Chinese YouTube, but you have to be accepted. You have to be accepted to become a member, a part of Billy Billy. You have to take this very difficult anime test. Um, and you, it, you only, they only give you a certain amount of time. And you, it's kind of questions that you can't even Google. You have to know the answers to. And you become part of this specialty group um, that is able to essentially comment live on YouTube videos. So while you're watching a video, there will be a stream of Mandarin Chinese that goes across of people commenting on the video that you're watching. Um, and this is a company I have watched since they were $29 a share. Um, currently, they're being beat up by Donald Trump saying that China is no good and Hong Kong kind of doing some crazy stuff. Um, so they've been, they've been beat up over the last week or two. Um, they're down 8% for the month. They're currently up 3%, almost 3% on the day. And I think Billy Billy continues to run for the rest of the week, B-I-L-I. And for the record, I think Wells Fargo has a great week and does well. I, am, uh, I may be down 3-1, but the week after I call something, it goes up. So uh, I'm just I'm just you thought about calling Wells Fargo last week and you didn't do it. Oh, I didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. that wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been good either. They're getting beat up. They're getting beat up as well. Um, up two percent for the week, but um, nonetheless, little little over. But um, yeah, we're always going to call Wells Fargo. Didn't go well either. Anyways, but Billy Billy B I L I currently up. Um, I'm excited to see this go back up. It was dancing around 50 not long ago, and I think it heads back up to 45 by the end of the week. Billy Billy. Billy Billy. And it's fun to say. It's my favorite stock to say out loud. Billy Billy. You got a sweet tweet of the week for us? Sweet tweet of the week. I've got a uh, handle for us to follow. Um, and this is somebody that, um, this is somebody that, that, so my, I've got a, I've got a handful of people that I follow and my main people. And when they're excited about something, this is the person that they retweet. They get excited about this handle, um, um, doing a deep dive or reading a chart or, um, just, just pointing out, um, what the entry point will be and what a, you know, what they expect an exit point to be. Um, and then they, they always end it with Barbados, which is where everybody wants to go on holiday and the, uh, reddit twitter world but this is this guy is uh radio silent and the handle is at radio silent play um 27,000 followers um and is followed by all the big people um anyone that anyone that you that you follow on twitter odds are they uh they follow this guy um so at radio silent play is uh is my go-to he called some great stuff he's big on novin um called the uptick today um i'm currently novin is going uh, back for round two of creating bag holders no um and he's good at saying what a good entry point is and where he, you know he, he lays it all out before um he's not doing he's not doing it for you i mean he, he just kind of he kind of puts his plays out there and he tells you where he's going to pull out and he tells you where he's entering in mm -hmm. um so he lays everything on the table but i'm currently um, up 133% on a penny stock that I got in at 29 cents and uh, it's currently dancing around 70. Um, so I got a big shout out to him at Radio Silent Play. All right. With a 134% gain. I, I owe him a big thank you. Yeah. And that's OCG, OCGN is the ticker that I'm, that I'm up on right now. Do you think there's any... I think when you... 
it's important in, in anything in life to not create an echo chamber around yourself. And what you said about how all these guys are following each other and retweeting each other, that would worry me if that's the only source of information and the only thing that I'm making trading decisions on, right? Yeah. This is some. This is a. This is someone that um, will will lay out. Will take a screenshot of the chart and help me understand how to read the chart better. So I'm. I, I totally understand. And I. And the disclaimer is, is that do your own homework. Do your own research. Never follow anybody blindly. Um, you know. Really take a look and make sure that the things that they're laying out are truthful. Um, but when he lays out, you know, what candles look like and what's positive about the uptick of this or what, even though it's a downtrend, um, the, it looks like it's going to go back up because of these reasons. Um, it helps me, uh, understand how to read a chart better to be able to do myself in the long term. So I, I do have a, I do have a great appreciation for that. All right. Well, good. Thanks at radio silent play bite mark of the week. I'll lead this off. I bought several calls on Moderna, like an idiot. When it closed around 80 in the middle of last week, that didn't go well. Um, I, I think the stock sold off to about 70, and it's crushing it today. But my timing couldn't be any worse on that. What, uh, I have what a got very you similar, last week? I have a very similar one. Um, mine is ATNM, Actinum Pharmaceuticals. Um, There's a stock I got in at 29 cents a share. Um, it, you know, it stayed stable while the whole market was down. Um, you know, and there was, there was not a lot of noise about it on Twitter. I was tweeting out about it going, does anybody, you know, anybody else in on this, anybody else seeing how good this is staying alive? Um, there was no response. I pulled out very, very small profit. And I'm telling you in less than, you know, 24 hours of trading days, uh, the stock is up to 60 cents a share. Um, and the whole Twitter world is talking about it. And so I was early to the party. I sold it for absolutely no reason other than that. I was just anxious about how much I had in it and, um, that, that nobody else was interested in it and the volume was low. And now the volume has quadrupled today. And, uh, so has the, the price has doubled. So I lost out on a big chunk of profit there is my, is my bite mark of the week. You know, I've, I've never, I, I saw this this morning on Twitter as well. It, it, you're right. Everybody was talking about it. I, I don't know anything about this company, but you're getting too good at this to where you're beating in, beating the volume in and then getting impatient and, and moving on. Well, and that's absolutely what it is, is impatient. It's, and there's, the, it's the saying, know what you hold. And I didn't know what I held because I, you know, I haven't done enough research on it, but I was just so impressed with the chart being stable on such a crazy day stable green i was like wow if this is this is something that's holding no the people that own it aren't panicking and it can only go up from here and sure enough uh that is what it is doing but hold on tightly let go lightly don't chase i've got to keep telling myself don't chase it now that it's up and that i that i anxiously want to get back in because the noise is already there and i will i'm no better than a robin hood trader if, uh, which I am, I'm completely a Robin Hood trader, literally. So yeah. ATNM up uh 200% over the last three months. It's pretty good. All right. Let's, uh, let's close out the show here, Trey. 
with a remember when. Yeah. Would you like me to start? I have a... Yeah, you go... Uh, I got a good one. You go first. So on our trip to Amsterdam, we went to Brussels, and we've told the story about how harrowing it was for me to get there. <laughs> Brussels is legit. It is a very cool place to just walk around and and sit and enjoy life, really. I mean, just awesome patio culture and really old buildings. Um, <clears throat> if I remember correctly, you and I did not know a single person who was in any of these statues. It's like, oh, there's another dead person on a horse. I'm sure he did something. Let's take a picture. I'm sure it's got to be important. Right. Yeah. And you convinced me that (laughs) Napoleon was there for some reason. I don't know. But in Brussels, there is a beer museum. It's what it's billed as. Yeah. And and to call it a beer museum, um, you know, in, in the traditional American understanding of the word museum is very, very generous. Yeah, it was more yes. of a, a, a beer display in a closet than a beer museum. However, so you go in there, you, you, you get a little uh, thing and you walk around the one room that they have. It's super tiny. And you look at their Chairs six and a artifacts. Yeah. Yeah. You watch their five minute video on the history of Belgian beer. And then in the other room is a bar with beer. And in that bar, do you remember what song was playing in a tiny 200-year-old Belgian bar in the side of a Belgian closet museum when two guys oh. from Texas walked in? Do you remember what song was on? Oh, what a great question. I don't. I don't remember what song was playing. It was like it was like being in a movie. And we yeah, walk in and we could have it, 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 you know? ZZ Top. <laughs> <laughs> and we have That's never right. felt more welcomed, more at home. I mean, it was, do you remember the bartender's name? Was hilarious. He was so funny. What was his name? Patrick. Patrick. Patrick, the Belgian bartender who had like he 19 so cool. kids and was just shuffling us free beers and smoking cigarettes and cracking jokes with everybody. He let us go behind his bar and his bar was literally just one keg. That was it. <laughs> That's right. There's no like, there's no bar top. It's just one keg, but that was such a, uh, such a phenomenal trip down there. And it's a really, and that museum is in this old time, you know, square with beautiful gold lace buildings and all that. It was a, it was a really cool and surreal experience. You're up. Yeah. All right, my remember wins. Um, they kind of tie together. There's a they. It's kind of cornerstones through through uh, through our childhood. But it was for it was for graduation moments. Um, and one of the biggest ones was when I graduated middle school to high school, and I got into the high school for the performing and visual arts. Um, and you were traveling. You would travel between two different universities to play eight different sports. Um, you went to Lamar High School, and didn't you play sports for Bel Air as well to be able to do multiple? No, no, no. That's why no. I went to Lamar in the first. Okay, place. yeah. To, to be oh, that's right. Yeah. Lamar Lamar allowed you to do multiple sports. I mean, it, like the same way that you were picking high school for to be able to play a bunch of sports. Um, I picked a high school to not get beat up and to uh, be able to do theater. And I got into this kick-ass school, and you wrote just the nicest message. I think it was like a on a picture frame. Um, like a paper picture frame. And you wrote this long paragraph about how proud you were of me and um, how cool you thought the school was. 
and how how neat you thought it was and like that that you wish that you could go to a place like that too and i just remember thinking like that here's george who was like rocking high school you know king of every sport and just to be like proud of me to be going to the polar opposite kind of uh high school for a similar um aspiring aspiring goals i just remember that being so cool he also showed up to my high school prom it was a surprise um i remember running down the street all decked out and you were there um mom's got a great photo of us standing in the yeah. front yard it was an amazing surprise i remember you graduating high school and me getting to hang out with you until like the very last moment um your girlfriend at the time was like asleep in the bed and you were sitting going through your closet with me and just like pulling out all of your old clothes and uh and you know giving me really cool stuff it was literally your last night to be able to hang out in houston before you went off to university and i remember hanging out with you um upstairs at your your newer house for that and it was just uh so really cool moments of graduation we've always we've always found a way to be around each other for that and i've always enjoyed that back then it was a lot easier it was living on the same street sure was none of this once a year meet you halfway across the world yeah we're not even in the same hemisphere nope it's 11 22 p.m here well thank you for powering through absolutely man that'll this wrap up the great. show thank you everybody we hope you enjoyed this one yeah we're gonna have we're gonna have a uh we're gonna have a bond trader on later this week that i'm really Ooh. excited about talk about the bond market very nice that's it love you guys take care Song. Gonna light the fuse, stay out till dawn. Whistle blows at the factory downtown. He changes his clothes.